Hey, we are back this week, man, with another episode of All 22. Kelly Cam, they just came off a, a very uh, close game, first game of the season. Well, what, what are some takeaways from the game, Coach, and just what are some things you all can build up on uh, as you move into week two here? Um, man, you sound like an interviewer for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just fine-tuning some things, man. Um, first game, I, this is – that's why those scrimmages are important, man. Because some of these things, you know, you're worried about, you can kind of knock that out. Uh, well, you can become aware of it during the scrimmage and, you know, a game that doesn't count. So, you know, it's not a lot of uh, – well, I say it's not a lot. Every week is going to be something new that we can improve on. But, you know, as far as us actually winning that game last night, there wasn't a lot where we just left some plays – out there and we just we beat ourselves man a lot of penalties first half probably had like literally over 100 yards of penalties in the total game dang see that our first three snaps on defense were like offsides 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 so we spotted them 15 yards (laughs) dang you know got some play i mean that was a situation players are antsy you know they're ready we've been hitting each other's you know, we've been going against each other since June. Wasn't yeah. sure if we we're going to have a season. So, you know, I understand the first game jitters. And we have some guys who never played on Friday as well. So, you know, I'm in, I'm encouraged by it, though. You know, yeah. like I was telling you earlier, <laughs> I don't like moral victories, but, you know, I'm encouraged. Yeah, yeah. You full-blown coach now, man. You got to have something. Full-blown coach, man. I got to have something <laughs> to improve on. You know, uh, something that I like, but I can't put them. You know, I can't elevate them too much because they got to know you, know, you got to come to work on Monday. And, you know, we already, you know, we left on Saturday morning. So we back yeah. at it already. What Folks was it? Tomorrow. So they, so the, oh, well, that's standard. Players get, uh, what, yeah, Sunday yeah. off? Player, players, players won't meet tomorrow, but, you know, yeah. we don't dive into the film study and, you know, all of those things. What was the final score? 20, uh, 38 to 28. Oh, I'm sorry, 30 to 28. Oh, y'all put some points up on the board. Yeah, man. I yeah. mean, well, you so, probably wouldn't want to give up 30 points, though, my bad. But. Uh, no, nah, I, I hated it. <laughs> but I will say, at at the half, it was 27 to 21. So Okay. Oh, so you really buckled down. Uh, we only gave up a field goal the second half. We kind of settled down. That's what I told you, man. It, you know, it's encouraging. I got to find the good spots. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that, that was a good performance by our defense, second half. Uh, offense played, you know, really well. Just got to put it all together. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, I'm encouraged, man. For those of y'all new listeners just joining us, Kelly is a defensive backs coach at uh, uh, 6A, class 6A school in Georgia. We're 7A. We're 7A. 7A. They're going to set, bro. I'm getting old. 7A. (laughs) 6A was right after we graduated, wasn't it? So 6A was kind of like 2011, 2012. Oh, my Something like that. And then 7A was literally like two years. That was recent. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First of all, I'm showing my age, number one. But <laughs> second of all, um, so for those not familiar, classifications in Georgia, I know other states do it similarly, but classifications in Georgia, um, where you play sports based off a variety of things, most notably what's number of students at school or whatnot. Um, and 7A is the highest classification in Georgia. Um, <clears throat> so, and, you know, we're, we're big proponents and fans here. I won't let anybody tell me otherwise. Um, 
pound for pound, I think Georgia produces, I don't want to say the best football talent, because if it's pound for pound, I think Georgia and Louisiana are 1A, 1B. Now, I know, like, you know, as far as numbers, you know, Florida, California, Texas, yeah, yeah, all the other yeah. places. But if, you, if I was a college football head coach and you told me, hey, you get to recruit two states and two states only, that's Georgia and Louisiana. And, and that, that wouldn't be a hard decision for me whatsoever. Anyway, <clears throat> that's what Kelly's doing out here, molding uh, young <laughs> men into virtuous men. Um, yeah, you'll check out 10 games still? Yeah, we are, yeah. Oh, okay. Unless, uh, you know, an outbreak or something happens like that. But oh, man, at this point, it don't matter. Yeah, yeah, every football's happening. Yeah. I mean, Amer- America <laughs> just America has uh, gotten tired of COVID, and so it's it's done. It's yeah. expired. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've uh, well, we, you know, we've had these conversations before. Y'all can go visit previously. It just kind of is what it is. Um, we've got other politics shows to talk more about this or www.relentless.love. Anyway, um, today we're diving back into our season previews for the NFL division by division. The season actually starts Thursday, which just Crazy. snuck up on I think everybody. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's been no really hype. I'm not gonna say I'm not excited, but like I'm not like oh football starts Thursday. I'm gonna watch it. You know it'll be cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to to something else to engage in. Football is gonna be really weird with no fans. Some sports are easier without. Um, soccer basketball goodbye. is just worked. Basketball exactly. Basketball really ain't no difference. Yeah. But football is going to be pretty weird. I'm not going to lie. Because, um, like, a lot of the images that you think of when you're watching them, you think about falling, you're watching sports, it's just like Russell Wilson walking up to the line after he gets off of his knee and he's licking his hand. He's, like, trying to yell out, like, 54 is the mic. And it's just like, do you really need to yell? Because there's no crowd noise here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just, like, random things. I, that think, are... I, I think they're going to pump up crowd noise. <laughs> oh, though, like the Falcons. Still. Yeah, <laughs> Legally, legally. You know, it's just going to be a lot of stuff that just – I think what we're going to realize is so much – Football, especially so much of what we associate as like the experience of watching football is, is related to having fans. I don't think like we recognize yeah. that now. Um, even, even the at-home experience, like people are always like, oh, I don't go to games because the at-home experience is so great. The at-home experience is so great because so many because people spend so much time and money, right, making you really feel like you were in the environment with fans. Yeah. So we're really going to see just how, how good of a product at large is American football if there are no fans. Um, anyway, different different conversation. Or uh, or about, you know, over under on when Bill O'Brien uh, will be fired as general manager of the Texans. Speaking of Bill O'Brien um, and the Houston Texans, I know Deshaun Watson just got paid. Uh, paid. Paid. Paid, paid in full. Uh, I don't know the details of the contract. I think it's a four-year extension worth something, $111 million. Uh, one uh, four year, four year worth one hundred and sixty million dollars, one eleven guaranteed. Whew. So he's his per year average. He actually had two more years under contract because this is his oh, fourth. Yeah. Uh, this is fourth year. Then he had the fifth year um, option. So Texans played it smart. Texans, well, Texans should have. Texans did what the Cowboys should have did. What. The Chiefs did, you know, <laughs> don't wait until after year four. Right. Get ahead of it. And I think Deshaun is even better. Deshaun is better off than Pat, Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes signed such a long deal that he's, he's quote, stuck. Unquote, stuck. Yeah. But, you know, he's still making good money. But Deshaun's per year average is 39, like 39.9. Um, Mahomes' average is like 45, but – Deshaun, his deal is only four years. 
So he's going to get another four or five year deal yeah. in the next few years, which yeah. is going to be 45 to 50. So, you know, they're going to, they're basically, they essentially made the same contract, uh, the same type of money, but in hindsight, Deshaun's going to get more guaranteed money. <laughs> he's get yeah. 111 this time. I think probably 150 next time. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, that's not the you know the Chiefs did what they had to do. Of course, lock up your guy. It's just this is a better deal for Deshaun because for one, I think Bill O'Brien's going to be out of there, and he'll have a decision to. Yeah, let's hope so. Either go elsewhere or re-sign with the Texans. I think he genuinely loves Houston. Yeah, I mean, it's, a single it's young, just, rich how can you black not love Houston? Yeah, single young rich black man doesn't love Houston. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, he genuinely loves Houston. But depends on you know Bill O'Brien. They have to win a playoff game. They have to win some games, man. <laughs> right. not just regular season. You know, just the wild card against Buffalo. Yeah, you have to look competent every game, like not blowing leads and things like that. So I'm happy he got paid, though. I'm happy he got paid. It's just us that they're going to go six and ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of which, let's just dive in because I love the deal for Watson. I love Watson as a player. <clears throat> Excuse me. Watson does have some deficiencies, um, and we talked about this before. I think he holds on the ball a little bit too long. On the flip side of that, sometimes he does have to hold on the ball too long. Um, because he just doesn't have a very good play caller, play designer. Now, to do a little bit of a of a overview of the team, Bill O'Brien goes into his six years head coach. Um, Tim Kelly is a new offensive coordinator. I think he was previously a tight ends coach for the Texans. And then Anthony Weaver is the new defensive coordinator. He used to be the defensive line coach in Houston. Um, they lost a lot of fringe talent. Now, they lost their second best player in DeAndre Hopkins, traded to the Cardinals um, for David Johnson and, you know, two cents on the dollar. Uh, we've talked about that at length. Uh, but then the other French champ, Arcavis Mingo, Carlos Hyde, DJ Reader, Jonathan Joseph. I mean, that's a lot of depth they lost. Uh, and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll get more into this. Um, to Sean Gibson. Uh, guys, they bought in Brandon Cooks. They traded for Brandon Cooks. We talked about David Johnson. They signed Randall Cobb. Uh, 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 yeah, okay. Um, I'm giving away how I feel about that. Uh, Eric Murray at safety and then Jalen Watkins. The team, this team was 10-6 and six last year. Uh, somehow found, found a way to win this division, somehow found a way to beat <clears throat> Buffalo, uh, and then they were up, what was it, 28 nothing against Kansas City or 21? I think 21. I think 21. 21 nothing in the AFC Divisional Playoff. And the crazy thing about that game was, is like no one watching it <clears throat> thought they were, still thought they were going to win the game either. No one. Um, and not like even Houston Texas fans. No. And like that's, that's not like hindsight. That's not retro. Like literally no – I mean, we were watching that game. And I was like, oh, it's a cool story. Like, you know, it's up for a fight. But I still didn't think they were going to win that game, yeah. which, which speaks to even with a guy like Deshaun, you know, re-signed, re-up. This, the, 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 the team just has a lot of deficiency still. The biggest one uh, is that defense. Uh, but I'm, what, 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 what's your take on the, on the soon-to-be 6-10 and 10 Texans? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it's a combination of, okay, you do, you do lose your second-best player. Um, Randall Cobb is beyond his, you know, make a difference years. Um, Brandon Cooks, this is Brandon Cook. I don't understand because he'll get you just over a thousand yards, but he's played for what? This is his fourth team. Nobody he's wants him. For, played for New Orleans. He's played for New England. He's played for uh, LA. Now he's with Houston. 
So it's like you're. I, I don't. I don't understand why he's being shopped around every single year. Every year, but it's bro. something. Yeah. Um. You know these these guys get paid millions of dollars to coach. They know more than we do. So I'm gonna trust them that you know something's going on with Brandon Cooks, where you know first round pick being shopped around and he got paid. I think the Rams paid him. Um. I, I can't remember who paid him, but he keeps getting shopped around. Um. So Deshaun to get the ball to him, but you know JJ Watt is beyond his defensive player of the year award um, winning talent. <laughs> the yeah. talent is still there. I just think he's getting older. Yeah, he's never. Had he, he, the he's not. Time. He's not the Von Miller, the Khalil Mack. The you know he's not that difference maker anymore. I don't believe. He's still be able to stop the run, but as far as rushing the quarterback like he used to, being a real good difference maker, I don't think he has that anymore. Um, I don't think they have – they don't have any star power on defense. Um, the, no. the, the thing is, though, the way they've <clears> – <throat> the reason they've been able to be so good, obviously because the division sucks. That helps. <laughs> to put it playing, to put it playing, <laughs> the division sucks. And it, it, there's no star power in that division. No, no. Because even when Andrew Luck was with the Colts, it was literally him just carrying a bad football team. Jacksonville is pretty bad. Tennessee, there's no star power in Tennessee. So Houston can win it every year. Now, okay, you have the Colts are a little bit better. We'll talk about this in a minute. Um, the Colts are a little bit better. Jacksonville is bad. Tennessee is going to be Tennessee. Tennessee is constructed to be, if you get in the playoffs, you go in a few games, and we saw that last year. Right. But the problem is you have to – get in the playoffs. Right. And I think <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think they I mean they 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 reeled off what I think six wins in a row last year or six out of seven or something like that to sneak in the postseason. And they got to the AFC title game and you know they had a pretty good season. I don't think I don't think they're gonna do this again. I don't think they're gonna do that this year. But I think Houston has been living off their opponents in the division being bad mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson just being great mm-hmm. in some of these games. So, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking seven and nine at best, you know, that's, that's giving a lot of credit. And I'm only thinking Jacksonville, you're going to get two wins, probably Tennessee, probably going to either get two wins or split, you know, the division opponents, period. You should split all of them just yeah. because, you know, the division, division games are always going to be hard fought battles. Mm-hmm. So you get you four wins in within a division, you know, you beat two other teams, three other teams. I'm thinking six and ten, seven and nine, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean I won't belabor this point. I agree, I would agree with you a whole lot. I think this is a six to eight win team. I love Deshaun Watson. Love that this this is the first I don't want to say the first move. It's the first big move as far as GM wise that has actually been handled correctly which makes me think it wasn't Bill O'Brien. It was somebody within ownership who was like, let's go ahead and get this extension done because I just can't believe that he'd actually do something that's of consequence that's actually good. Um, I, I, I don't like this team. I don't like this roster. Their coaching is atrocious. However, the, 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 the thing that, like, honestly, Watson is what makes them a six to eight win team. Yes. And, and so he's so good that, if you're saying if I think there's a six to eight win team with him, then I can't. I also cannot easily rule out 
all right, he's good enough to get them to nine, 10 wins and get them back in the postseason, which I think is what they've been living off of. The problem for me is, you know, the data bears to them dropping out and and having a, and having something fall out of this. Number one, they lost their second best player. And so I think a huge part of what they did offensively and, and the reason why he's been one of the top five most pressured quarterbacks in the league since he came into the league. Part of that is a really bad offensive line, which is still bad. It got a little bit better with Tunsil, but it's still a bad offensive line. Uh, but the, there's another half of that, too, is that he does hold on to the ball too long. Now, those two things combined, though, often with somebody with his talent, lead to a guy in an offense that make a lot of explosive plays downfield, which is what they did last season. My biggest concern is the guy who they had a lot of explosive plays go to is no longer there. And what they're looking to replace him with is an aging Randall Cobb who got overpaid, Will Fuller who probably won't play, who probably will only play three games, uh, and then the stable of tight ends who just aren't very good. So, on top of that, last year they won ten games. They were five and one in games decided by three points or less. All right, they were eight and three in, in games decided by one score. That that tells me there's 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 a regression coming. Like the, the league average there is just 500. And so if they went five and one, maybe you go three and three and, 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 and games decided by three points or less. They went eight and three in one score game. You can't, you can't, you can't do that again. That, that's, just, that's just the law of physics. Uh, so if they go from eight and three to, you know, what, four and five? I mean, it's a six or seven one team, hands down. Uh, and, and the biggest reason for that, honestly, is again, I still don't like the offense and I don't like the offensive line. Um, but, but the defense isn't very good either. The defense is actually pretty bad. Uh, yeah. J.J. Watt still has sort of like that star appeal and still like talks a lot and makes you think he's still really good. And like he's not bad. He's still one of the top ten defensive, you know, edge rushers in the league. Let's just clarify that. But if you've got him by himself because Clowney's gone, Whitney Merciless is a solid number two, but his best production was when he was a number three between, between, uh, behind Watt and Clowney. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of depth here defensively. Um, and then there's just not a lot of top tier talent either. And I think that's yeah. going to be where a lot of the bottom sinks down on is that they lost a lot of explosive playmaking with DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah, you know, Watson's going to find a way to get other guys the ball and get downfield. I don't have any reservations about that. But when you lose a guy that talented, the, 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 the friends depth you lose on defense, like we just mentioned, that's going to bear itself out over 16 games. Um, and this is why I just I don't I don't I don't like this team at all. I think I think seven and nine is generous. If they go seven and nine, it's from Watson Heroes, and he needs to get a few MVP votes. Uh, I think this is a five or six win team. Yeah, and just to um, wrap up with them, um, September 10th at Kansas City. Next week, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Crazy start. Then you got two divisional. <laughs> that's Crazy zero and three. Start. That's, that's, that's likely 0-4. I mean, that's likely 1-3, 0-4. Then you have two division teams. Then you, go, you, you have to uh, play Green Bay, division team, Cleveland, New England, Detroit, Indy, Chicago. So you're starting 0-1-3, uh, 0-4 out the gate. So, yeah, that's, that's, the schedule didn't help because they're matched up with the AFC North. Yeah, and, and that's the big thing. It's going to be hard for them to, I think, overcome the hole they're going to find themselves in um, right out the gate. I mean, because this, I mean, this Thursday, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kansas City just run them out of, the, run them out of an empty arrowhead. Um, not like, not unlike they did in, in January. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Last thing I want to highlight there is, is 
there are lots of things you can look at to to really um, put emphasis on how bad Bill O'Brien is at being a general manager. He's a bad coach too, different conversation. But somehow they are in the top three league-wide in cap hits at running back and wide receiver. Yet, yet they don't have an elite running back or wide receiver. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, like you picked up the fifth-year option on Will Fuller, but you didn't sign him to an extension, which if you don't plan on picking up the fifth-year option, I mean, if you don't plan on signing him to an extension, why, let him, why pick up the fifth-year option at like $9 million? when you could have just let him go and, or you could have just kept both your first round guys and Hopkins. Anyway, different, different conversation. I think, I think I'm going to try to remember every episode to add like one little nuanced nugget about like why Bill, Bill O'Brien is an awful GM. Like it's easy to just say he's bad, but every episode yeah. I'm going to try to just remind like, here's one like really nuanced reason why he sucks this job. Um, anyway, that's a six day win team. Uh, <laughs> moving over to another team, which I, I really like. Uh, and I think I'm a little higher on than, than most people, but the Indianapolis Colts, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Frank Wright comes back uh, as head coach, offensive coordinator. It might just be a name only because I think Wright does still call plays. Um, Nick Seriano, or not Seriani, excuse me for that name wrong. Uh, defensive coordinator is Matt Everflus. It's his second year. Um, and they lost a lot of fringe talent as well. Brian Hoyer, Devin Funches, Eric Ebron, so on and so forth. Uh, but they made two big splashes. Uh, one was Phillip Rivers. Um, who I like more than some other folks. I mean, he's not like elite level rivers. He turns the ball over way too much and he starts the season really slow. I'll talk about that more later. Um, but is he, in a, is he an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett? Yes. Like I saw some take when they originally signed Rivers yeah. that, oh, he's not that much better than the guy they have. And I think Bomani said that. I'm like, I like Bomani. Um, but I, I, I thought that was a pretty, uh, I thought that was a pretty warm take. Um, DeForest Buckner from San Francisco traded for him, traded 13th overall pick. I think that's a massive addition. Um, and they also bought in Xavier Rhodes, who I'm sure we'll talk more about. Um, but those are pretty much their additions. And then I, I actually like, they didn't have a first round pick. Um, but I liked some of the additions they made in the draft. Michael Pittman Jr. at wide receiver, yep. Jonathan right. Taylor at running back, Julian Blackman at safety out of Utah, who I think is going to really provide some depth, um, and then Jacob Eason as well. Um, what, what's your outlook on the Colts for the for this coming season, man? Um, I think um, I think they're a nine and ten wins, nine or ten win team. Um, I think they win this division. Uh, I'm trying not to – I'm pumping the brakes on, you know, 11 or 12 wins just because you got yeah. a new quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, defense was solid last year. They should be better with the addition of – especially with DeForest Buckner. All right, they should be a little bit better. Um, when, they first, with, when they first made all these additions, I was literally thinking 11 or 12 wins, but just, oh, it too. just doesn't happen like that. <laughs> it just doesn't happen like that. So I'm thinking 9 or 10 – but I think this is the best, by far the best roster in the division. All right. Um, and they should, you know, I think they have, well, they have the second best quarterback in the division. If Phillip Rivers doesn't, you know, go Jameis Winston, <laughs> or I could say just go Phillip Rivers. <laughs> you know, if he doesn't have 20, 25 turnovers, then this team is nine to 10 wins. Yeah. And that's going to win this division. Now, will they make a run in the postseason? I don't think they're that good. Can they win the first round game, a wild card game? Yeah. But, you know, I think I think nine or ten wins is is what they are. And that's that's good for them. I mean, that, that's good for them. 
What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm in the same vein. I mean, when, when the deal was initially made and Rivers initially came over, um, I was in the camp that this was uh, a 10 or 12 win team that had enough depth and enough across the roster to, I never had them Baltimore, Kansas city level. Never thought they were that good. Um, but you know, as far as an AFC race, clearly it's, it's Ravens chiefs, pretty big drop, but then I thought it was the Colts. Um, and then another big drop. And then you go maybe to, you know, your Steelers and your, you know, your Chargers, whoever else. Um, I'm, I'm not in that camp anymore. And, and the reason for that is mostly Phillip Rivers because yeah. – I think don't the know. roster, <laughs> you don't know. I think the roster is still pretty good. I love their offensive line. I think Quentin Nelson is the best offensive lineman in the sport already. Uh, love watching that guy. Love their front play. I think they've got great play in the trenches on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And those are two of the top three most important position groups. And when you're talking about trying to compete for a Super Bowl, but I don't know if Phillip Rivers can take you to a Super Bowl. One, he's never done it. That just has to be what it is. But two, is that I think I think a lot of what I projected when I said, "Oh, they, you know, they're they're a notch below Kansas City and Baltimore, but with the right breaks, they might compete." I think that was me projecting Philip Rivers being less of Philip Rivers. But there's no reason I should expect him to throw anything less than ten interceptions. And there's no reason I should expect him to do anything other than turn the ball over at least 20 times because there's no data point. There's no historical point that tells me he's actually going to do that. So, and, and, but the, the, the biggest thing for me, I'm like, look, Rivers has thrown for 4,000 yards every year since 2012, 2012, he threw, you know, for 3,600 yards. Um, But other than that, I mean, his entire career since, since 2007, he's thrown for 4,000 yards He's still got the ability to go deep downfield. He still makes better decisions. Is he an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett? Absolutely. The problem is, one, again, the ridiculous amount of turnovers. But then, two, um, one, he takes a lot of sacks. He took 34 sacks last year, 32 the year before that. Rivers holds on to the ball way too long, but he doesn't do it in the way I think Watson holds on to the ball. Because if Deshaun is holding on to the ball, he's hitting somebody downfield or he's able to make plays outside the pocket and maybe even get yards running. Rivers isn't going to do that. So somewhere along the line, and like, look, he's, he's 39 now. So he, he's not at a point where he's going to suddenly learn to not hold on to the ball, to get rid of the football quickly, or to just go down. Um, so we can, we can scratch that out. So he's going to keep getting hits. He's going to keep taking sacks. He's going to keep somehow going, coming up with sack fumbles because that's just who he is. Um, yeah. But then the other thing is he doesn't start seasons fast either. And we looked at how Houston's schedule um, bears itself out uh, and, and how they're probably going to get off to a little bit of a slow start. The Colts have a pretty easy schedule up front, and they should go into their bye week 6-1, 5-2 at the, at, the, at the worst. The problem is nothing Phillip Rivers has done makes me feel like they're going to be in a position to be what they should be when they go into their bye, and their later season schedule is a little bit tougher than you would like. So they start at Jacksonville, home to Minnesota, at the Jets. I mean, I'm sorry. At Jacksonville, home to Minnesota, Jets at home, at Bears, at Browns, Bengals. This team should, at the very least, be 5-1, and 4-2 and two max. But the thing with Phillip Rivers is, in the last five years, Rivers is 9-16 in the first five weeks of the season. Extrapolate that even further. For his career, he is 33-35 and 35 in weeks one through five. 
He's 56 and 29 in weeks 12 onward. So two things that I originally wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt of, he's not going to be as turnover prone and he's going to be able to just go in there and win games he's supposed to win regardless of when they are because he's in the AFC South, like we mentioned, a weaker division. I, I can no longer project that because when I go and look at the data, there's no reason for me to believe that's going to happen. So, yes, they're going to win this division because they're very easily the best roster in the division, and he's still the second-best quarterback in the division. But them being 11-5 and five and 12-4, and four, the data just doesn't point to me for that because, like, they're probably going to end up losing either to Jacksonville or the Jets. Yep, yep. Because Phillip Rivers' history says that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just like you go into your week seven by three and three instead of four and two and five and one. Like, that's a big difference in the NFL when you only play 16 games. So, exactly. yeah, I, 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 I can't and – and it and it's really sucks because I, I really like this team um, and I like their makeup um, and on the offensive and defensive lines, but there's no reason for me to trust Phillip Rivers as much as I was trying to trust him in March. And so I had to back off of my Colts love a little bit there. <laughs> I think about this. The Chargers, you could say, has probably the top five roster in the league. Oh, yeah. And you see what he did with the Chargers last year. <laughs> so a uh, 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 worse – I say a worst roster. That doesn't not saying the roster is bad for Indy, but this roster isn't better than the Chargers roster he had from last year. No, you know, and you know he has worse weapons. So <laughs> he goes from worst personnel, and you you can't expect the team or his success to go up. You know he's going to be Phil Rivers, and but. That's going to get them in this division. He's going to a weaker division. It's going to get them 10, 11, 12 wins. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to postseason, you're going to say, you, no one's going to have faith that the Colts are going to have a deep run. Because one, like we, we think about Tennessee's run last year. They were constructed to, they were constructed for a deep run in the postseason. You know, unless they, unless the Colts established a run game, all right, and be a true run game, a true run first team, Unless they can stop the run, they're, I mean, they're going to win a division and then be a first round out, <laughs> I think. Because so, they're not going to be a one or two seed. That means they're going to have to play in the wild card week. Yeah. So the sixth best team may be better constructed than them. And I can see them losing in the first round. They might play Tennessee in the first round. They might play Tennessee in the first round. And they will pro- they'll probably – Beat them both times in regular season uh-huh. and lose in the postseason. And Derrick Henry just mauled over. Because of how that team is constructed. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's not going to surprise me. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I, I, on the same page. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the Colts. Love them. But uh, they, they can go ahead and print that AFC South Division champs better. I, I'll give them that much. But um, other than that, I don't, I don't see, much, uh, see much coming from India. I do like Frank Reich. I think he's a good head coach. I do. We don't see much coming from them. We definitely don't see much coming from um, <laughs> that team down, down south. <laughs> oh, moving on to the lovely Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they, you know, they hey, I'm were... not – you know what? I respect the Jaguars because they're like, you know what? For one, I don't see how Doug Barone still has a job. Bruh. And if you've listened to this podcast, I'm not a proponent of firing coaches. <laughs> but – I just don't see how he still has a job. You know, you go 313, 313, 4 and 12, 4 and 12, 10 and 6, should beat Tom Brady in Foxborough, but you're scared on offense to just let it go 
you know, when you have the lead, put their foot on, put your foot on their neck, and you win that game, and then you go to the Super Bowl. So that ruined your whole franchise because then you regressed, and then you're like, after that, after that year, after the year they reached the AFC title game, they say, you know what, we just don't have it. Calais Campbell is gone. Deshaun Gibson is gone. AJ Bouye is gone. Jalen Ramsey is gone. Uh, Dante Fowler is gone. Uh, you think that's five? That's five players who have made the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Who made the Pro Bowl and was on the number? I, I think that was a top three defense that year. And I know I'm missing a few. Telvin Smith is gone, but you know that was for you know non-related football reasons. But you you lose all those players, and you say you know what we're starting over. But I respect the fact that they're like, we don't have it. We're going to get these picks. You know, if we see a quarterback that we want, say if they don't get the number one pick, we see a quarterback that we want, we have the assets to trade up to that number one pick. That's true. Because I think they have like two firsts, at least two firsts, two two seconds, and two thirds in this draft alone. (laughs) So, I mean – I respect it <laughs> because they're like, they're taking tanking. They're like, we're just going to tank. We're going to tank in a sense of we're going to get rid of all these veteran players, let them play for a team who can actually win, and let's get picks for them. If we get the number one pick, we draft Trevor Lawrence, and then we still can put pieces around him. We're still going to be bad for two more years, but we'll still oh, yeah. see progression. We'll have our franchise quarterback at least. So they're going to be awful. They should have the number one pick in the draft, I believe. <laughs> but, you know, that, it's the Jacksonville way, man. And players are going to come there because there's no state tax. You, you know, you stay in Jacksonville. <laughs> you know, I'm so happy. For, oh, I, forgot, I forgot about Leonard Fournette. I'm happy for him because, you know, he goes from there. He goes to Tampa. He's still not paying the state tax. Yeah, he <laughs> He's getting paid for, paid for both franchises. He's living a good life. Um, Living a good life, man. Yeah, J- Jacksonville, somehow Doug Marone comes back. It's his third year as head coach there. I have no idea how. Um, they have since moved on from Nathaniel Hackett, who was previously offensive coordinator. Now it's Jay Gruden. I don't really know much about Gruden as an offensive coordinator. I know he was in Cincinnati before, um, but as far as just – He's a solid he- play caller, though. Better, better play card than head coach. Well, yes, yes, I will give him that. So, so maybe he's got something to help with Gardner Minshew's development and just some other, you know, pieces in the pod as far as for the offense's development. Uh, Todd Walsh just comes back as defensive coordinator. This is fourth year. You went through the gamut of guys who are no longer there from that team that was, uh, I think, what seven and a half minutes from the Super Bowl. Um, at a ten-point lead over New England, um, and really were just a better football team for. Yeah. 50, 53 minutes of that game. Um, I and, picked them, man. And, like, uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention and say that Miles Jack was not down, and that should have been a touchdown, and they probably should have been in the Super Bowl, and I think yes. would have beaten Philadelphia. So if you're a Jags fan, let's, we're going to go ahead and qualify all of that with that now to make you feel better. We're not hating on your team, all right? Uh, <laughs> that being said, that being said, th- this is what they've done in the first round. This is what they did in the first round last decade. Tyson Aluwalu, <laughs> Blaine Gabbert, Justin Blackman, Luke Jokel, Blake Bortles, Dante Fowler, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Fournette, Taven Bryan. And they did Josh Allen last year. Uh, you break that down even further, 
Alu Alu was the 10th pick. 2009, it took Eugene Monroe, 8th overall. Anyway, um, Alu Alu, 10th overall pick. Gabbard, 3rd overall pick. Blackman, 5th overall pick. Luke Jokel, 2nd overall pick. Bortles, 3rd overall pick. Fowler, 3rd overall. Ramsey, 5th overall. Fournette, 4th overall. None of those guys are still on the roster. None. 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 That's, that, like, that screams bad front office. Like, these aren't just top, like, top, these aren't just first-round picks. These are top five picks. Top, top five. picks. They're no longer on the roster. And twice in a decade, you use top ten picks on Blaine Gabbard and Blake Bortles. Man. In one de- In one decade. Oh, this. Hey man, sooner or later they're just going. They're going to get it right. Sooner mm-hmm. or later, man. I have hope. You know, I, I have. I, I want them to be good. I'm from South Georgia, so it's like, you know, I kind of got some love for Florida teams. Yeah. I just want them to be good, man. Like, I'm not even a real fan. I just want them to be good. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel. It. I, I I I like Jacksonville as a as a team. I think actually Jacksonville is an underrated. City, and I don't know if it's just because I'm from the South and I have more of an affinity for Southern cities than other people. Um, I did some work in Jacksonville. I like, I like Jacksonville. It's laid back. It's like it's hella black, which I like. Um, you know, you're close to the beach, but you still get the Southern feel. Like I, I like it. It's small. It's still like small, small sort of Southern hometowny, but you got you know enough commerce and folks there to really get you a city vibe. And you know, you can eat a variety of different foods and all that other stuff. That's it. Um, the football front office is just atrocious. Now, now that Tom Coughlin's gone, maybe there is some hope and the future in sight that they're going to well, be. Well, you got to get rid of Doug Marone. You got to get rid of Doug Marone. Well, that's good because then they can just fire Doug Marone this offseason, hire Eric Bieniemy, and then the world is great. Uh, but, you know what? I, yeah, I like that. So uh, you need an offensive guy ushering your new quarterback um, because I think you're going to get the number one overall pick. Oh, yeah. All right, and then you you have an offensive-minded OC uh, head coach, and you just kind of build it, man. The the, the thing <laughs> is, you got to get that guy a four-year deal. You got to let that guy go through the whole four years. Yeah, because if you fire him after two, fire him up after three, you're starting over again. You're starting over again. If you get your quarterback, you have to. If you get your quarterback in the first round. You sign him to a four-year deal with a five-year uh, option. You got to have a coach for at least four years. They have to be together. All right? After four years, if it doesn't work, then you fire the coach. Right. Not after two or three. Right. What The Jags are the, uh, the, Jags are the epitome, along with the Jets, of bad teams stay bad. And bad teams are bad for a reason. And... And that's an unfortunate thing. But who who who's the worst team in the league? Jacksonville or the Jets? I mean, I guess maybe you could throw Washington in there. I don't think Washington's gonna be that bad because they actually have a good coach. Oh, nah, they got a good they got a good because, coach. Because like cause they're they might be they're, rosters. They're, out of those out of out of those three, Washington has far and beyond the best coach. Yeah, yeah. So, Which is why it's gotta be the Jaguars or the Jets, because both well Adam Gates is by far the worst coach in football. <laughs> I can't disagree with that, man. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Uh, and so maybe that's why I think maybe they might end up with the second overall pick behind the Jets. Either way, 
they'll, they'll be in a position to, to have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Um, I think there is some hope on the horizon. That said, and this is what always blows my mind about teams. You mentioned all the picks, which is good if you're a front office person sort of coming in, but it's like they traded all those picks and they just traded Yannick Ngakwe for more picks. And it's just like, what are you going to do? Take those picks just to replace the guys who were the picks before? Like you can't keep trading away your best players thinking you're going to get better. Like they traded Jalen Ramsey for picks and then used one of the picks to take C.J. Henderson. Like what? Oh yeah. So you gotta it. you trade it Yannick and you and you're gonna use one of the picks to take Gregory Rousseau. I mean, cool. Like Rousseau's a great prospect, but he's not That's a proven it. commodity. Yep, yep, yep. You got a proven commodity right there, right there. And you could have you had Josh Allen. He and Josh Allen could have been your defensive ends for a few, for the future. You have to pay Josh Allen to four years from now. So they'll probably trade him by then. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, because he's cheap right now. That's true. They're not going to trade him. They'll probably trade him in year four when they have to pay him. That's real. Oh, man. Oh, Jackson. <laughs> probably, there's, it's not like the NBA, they can do a sign and trade. So. <laughs> oh, Jacksonville. Um, oh, I don't know. Man. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, they'll get better. I, I like, I want to see Jacksonville be good because I, I just, I like when, I like when smaller market like NFL teams succeed. Yeah. I don't know why. I like that more than. I mean, I don't NBA small market teams probably just will never succeed just because that's just the structure of the league and the way these that, guys are going. Well, with, with with the NBA, you don't you don't think about the last team who won without star power. The 04 Pistons. Yeah. And you had you had four all stars, but you weren't, they weren't superstars. Uh-huh. So NBA is a superstar league. You have one superstar, you can make it to the championship. You have two. You're probably, you know, you're like, okay, we can win the championship, but you got to have two. With the NFL, it's like you can have a great quarterback, and it doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you're going to win the title. That's real. Everything has to go right. So you have to draft well. You have to put pieces around those guys, man. One day. But Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> man, One day. I, I'd be surprised if they win – Four games is the ceiling. Four is the ceiling for sure. Four is the ceiling. They won't. They won't be defeated like the uh, what was that year? Oh, what what year was the Lions? <laughs> oh, zero and sixteen. Oh man. Uh, yeah, they won't go zero and sixteen, but I can see them two and fourteen. Yeah, yeah, I can see a two or three one season. They're they're not they're not bad enough to go zero and sixteen. Um, but yeah, they they the four wins is the max. I'd be surprised if they went four. I'm thinking more two to three wins. Um, moving on to the next team in this wonderful division, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, who, you know, we talked about at length. Um, us being Ravens fans, you know. Um, Dang, like, Earl. <laughs> that, that, it turns out that is the lasting image of the Ravens year before. Is Derrick Henry just mushing them just here? Yep, yep. Have some mush. Uh, thought he was gonna get a chance to redeem himself at least. Uh, at least when they play in Week Eleven, uh, I guess not. Anyway, Mike Vrabel, uh, coach back as head coach. Uh, they got a sneaky good offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith, who nobody talks about. Um, then they lost. Uh, they lost some. They lost some. Some fringe talent. Uh, Austin Johnson, Darius Jennings. Deion Lewis, uh, and then they lost some really big pieces, I think, which is why I do see them taking a little bit of a step back because Jack Conklin is in Cleveland, uh, beast right tackle. Jarrell Casey, who I think single-handedly 
blew up some plays in that divisional round game against Baltimore. Uh, He is in Denver. Uh, And then Mariota is now in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Tajay Sharp is in Minnesota with the Vikings. Those are all four very key players from this team last year. Uh, And I'm not exactly sure they replaced him. They signed Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley is who he is. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, Ty Samborelli from the Falcons, I think, or maybe he comes from Cleveland. He was with Atlanta at some point in the last few years. Uh, so they lost some pretty good talent. They drafted Isaiah Wilson in 29 overall. I like that. Um, I like Christian Fulton in the second round. But to your point, um, they lost some big I, – I, I think Casey, Conklin, and then Sharp are huge losses, particularly Conklin and Casey. And I don't know – I guess their expectation is that a lot of the depth that they've built up particularly on defense, it's going to help sort of contribute and make up for some of that. And then they drafted Wilson to try to replace Conklin initially. They were 9-17 in regular season. And it's like you just said, they, they're built for the postseason. I think the losses that they had with those few players, I think that's – I don't think they're going to make it. That's enough for you to go to 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. Yeah. 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 So, like, like we said, the, the team is constructed – well, was constructed to, to, to have a deep run in the postseason. But Jarrell Casey alone beat the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he lived in the backfield. Grant, you know, the receivers, um, and I'm reliving this, <laughs> reliving this bad, this bad taste in my mouth, but, you know, Ravens still had a shot in that game. Receivers would catch the ball. But <laughs> – you know, and Lamar Jackson was trying to be Superman. He didn't, you know, follow the gaps like he should. Some of those plays too. But Jarrell Casey lived in the back backfield. Yeah, lived in the backfield. The corners played man to man, and nobody on the outside can get separation. And they stopped the run. And they had this two hundred sixty pound six four running back <laughs> who couldn't be tackled. So their hearing is back. Tannehill is going to be Tannehill. Like I. You know, I, I guess you had to pay him because why look for another quarterback when you already have one? He knows a decent season. one. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that. Um, that's how the NFL works. Um, I love A.J. Brown. Love A.J. Brown. Love He's going to be Brown. a beast. Yeah. But I think the losses on defense, did you, you lose Logan Ryan too? I forgot about Logan Ryan. Yeah, you lose Logan Ryan, man. That was a big he loss. just signed with the Giants. He was your best defender. Yeah. Or best secondary. Best secondary defender. I guess you can uh, count Kevin Byner in there as well. Um, he got paid. He's coming back. But yeah, he's one of the best safeties in the league. But the yes. him and Brian were a, a, a pretty good tandem that I think we yeah. definitely saw just how good together they were in that wild card game against New England. So you lose Logan Ryan. He's versatile, too, because he plays some safety nickel and corner. You lose Logan Ryan. You lose Jarrell Casey. I don't – Indy gets better. I don't think I, – I, I think 79, 8, and 8, which is who they're supposed to be, really. Mm-hmm. Because, for one, they were relying on Marcus Mariota. And they were smart. They were smart enough to say, you know, this is our first-round pick. He's not our guy. This ain't working. We signed, we, we signed Tannehill as the backup, but if we had to play him, he could play. So, it happened. So, they were smart. A lot of teams won't pull that trigger. But – yeah, I think they regress. I think they'll be the same style team. Mike Brady was a good coach. They're going to win against some teams they're not supposed to beat. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think it's going to be enough to make the postseason. 
Same. And and this is my thing. And I, I actually really like, I really like Tennessee. I like what they're building. I like that they, I like Mike Vrabel as a coach. Um, I think I don't like most Bill Belichick uh, dis- disciples, but I think Vrabel has a chance to, 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 to coach in the league and do it for a long time. My problem, I'm not even my problem. One of the challenges I think when you're trying to build a consistent <clears throat> contender is trying to find that quarterback. Cause this is take, take, take quarterbacks off of every roster in the NFL. I'm not going to say Tennessee is the one you choose, but you would put that in the top 10 for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so their thing now was trying to do mix and match and figure out, all right, how do we maximize our potential? How do we play the absolute best football we can with this roster? And that was part of what led them to bring in Ryan Tannehill. Marcus Mariota just wasn't cutting it. As you mentioned, my problem is that Ryan Tannehill is not bad. He's not spectacular. I don't think he can replicate what he did last year because much of what he did is dependent upon every other cog in the offense doing what it does. AJ Brown going deep, Corey Davis, you know, showing up sometimes and not showing up other times. Um, You know, Derek Henry, Deion Lewis, you know, he caught the ball in the backfield or whatever. Uh, This is a team that can be really, really good because I think they, I think they draft very well. They draft depth very well. The problem is it's going to be hard to find a quarterback going seven and nine and eight and eight unless, and they might just be scheming things in a similar way that Kansas city did. It was like, Hey, we've got Alex Smith. Now we're going to continue to compete. We're going to continue to build a roster. And then when we find a chance to go get the guy that we want, we're going to go get him. And once they do that, they will be pretty good. Then they're going to be set up for a while. And so I'm anticipating that is what they're doing is trying to figure out really scouting the circuit, trying to be as good as they can be now trying to compete, and then, like, whenever we find a guy that we like and we have the capital and the ability to go get him, we'll go get him. And whoever that might – maybe they like Trey Lance that much, and then this May or whenever the draft is, this April, like, they'll mortgage the farm for a first-round pick this year and next year and the year after, and, like, hey, here's our quarterback. They're one of the few teams set up, I think, to do that. The problem is until they do that, they are a 7-9, and 8-8 team. Yep. Um, maybe 9-7 and seven if things break right, but like you said, I, 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 don't, I don't see that being – I think – I'll put, put a bow on it this way. As constructed, with a good but not great quarterback. I don't even know if Brian Tennant was good. With an average but not bad quarterback. <laughs> they're going to go 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six every other year. Yeah. And then within that, they're going to go 8-8 eight and eight and 7-9. and nine. And this is probably just the year they go 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. Um, yep, yep. Which, which, is not, which is not, you know, a bad thing for them. But I do think as long as they're able to hold on to Arthur Smith, who I low-key think might find himself on some head coach uh, – head coaching interview lists at the end of this season. Actually, I, I'm almost certain he will. If there's a better market for this, I'll put money on it because he's white, so he definitely will. Um, because, he, I mean, he, he is, he's a good nice. offensive coordinator. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good play design. I like some of the things they do in that offense. Um, so, yeah, he'll, he'll, find a, he'll find a head coaching gig soon because he's white. Um, but, yeah, eight, eight or nine win team, maybe seven wins if things don't break right. Um, I think it's pretty clear. But who wins this division? Yeah, Indy. Yeah. Indy, I think Indy first. Um, is Indy, then Tennessee. Um, obviously, Jacksonville. Well, yeah, Jacksonville's last, Houston's third. I, yeah. think, I think that's the order. Uh, the wind total and things like that, you know, Indy's going to win between 10 and 12. 
I think it's more so towards 10, you know, 9 and 12. Nine, it's more so towards 9 and 10. Uh, Tennessee is going to win between 7 and 9. Houston's going to be in that 6 area. Yeah. And Jacksonville is just three wins, two to three wins <laughs> towards the ceiling. I think we're <laughs> – I think anybody would agree with that order. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is one of those divisions where, like, if you try to get cute, we know you're being cute. Like, yeah. in the NFC East, I'll take some variants. In the yeah. NFC South, NFC West, I'll take – like, AFC South – it's Colts, Titans, Texans, Jags, man. And clear. if if, clear. You got, if you got any other order, you you're just you're just trying to get some attention. Um, that's it. So <laughs> that's just uh that's just kind of that. That's probably I don't want to say probably. I mean, look, I love football in general. I do think AFC South is probably the least entertaining division in it all is. of the NFL. Um, and I think the next division we're going to is probably the second least entertaining division in the NFL, and that's the uh, lovely NFC North. Um, where the team who was one game away from the Super Bowl plays, uh, we'll, we'll get into them uh, momentarily. But we'll start with a team that uh, actually, um, well, no. We'll start with the team in Minnesota. I was about to say it was actually going to win the division. I'm not sure I actually believe that just yet. But, uh, the Vikings. <laughs> I've been going back and forth. I've been going back and forth with these, with these two, man. Vikings, this is uh, Mike Zimmer comes back. I think this is the seventh year as head coach of Minnesota. I really like Mike Zimmer. I think Zimmer should have got a chance at, at being a head coach years before he did. Yep. Um, different conversation, but that upsets me because uh, I'm just not sure he's ever going to actually get a chance to win it in Minnesota. But anyway, um, Gary Kubiak is the offensive coordinator. I have feels about Gary Kubiak as as an as an offensive coordinator. They're good feels. He's not he's not a he's not a great I, head coach. Listen, I I, I was hurt when Gary Kubiak left Baltimore after 2014. Oh, yeah. Listen, oh, yeah. He went – Joe Flacco – I already got – I already had mixed feelings about Joe – well, no, my feelings were clear. I knew what he was, and I knew once post – if he got in the postseason, for some reason, you know, he was going to do well. I already knew that. He's going to be, yeah. you know, mediocre in the regular season, and when he got in the postseason, he was going to do some things. But Gary Kubiak came in 2014. He had his best regular season season. Yeah. Like the, the running game. Dude, what was the guy named? Uh, something Foster. Oh, I can't remember. Right. They signed him to a three-year deal after that year. He didn't stay three years. No. That team had no business being 10-6. and six. Had no business being 10-6. and six. But Flacco was wild but- that year. Dude, and, and we talking about wild. I'm not even talking about 30 touchdowns. Yeah. I don't think he threw 30. I think it's like, you know, 27 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's a great year for Joe Flacco. So he did that, and I'm like, ah, oh, here they come. Here Denver come. You know, they want to hire a head coach. Yep, he's gone. And then the Ravens just suck for a few more years. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm right with you on Gary Kubiak, man. Not, I think he had um, – I forgot what illness he had where he had to resign as the head coach. Mm. So he doesn't want the full responsibility anymore. But as an OC, I, I, I think he's a, he's a really good OC, man. Yeah, I know. I love Gary Kubiak as OC there. And I think that might be eventually when I have to make a decision on who wins the division between Minnesota and Green Bay. That might help me get over the top. Now, on defense – I think they have a co-defensive coordinator type thing now with Adam Zimmer and Andre Patterson. Got to love nepotism in, uh, in the NFL. Um, 
<clears throat> Everything's about titles, man. Everything's and, about and titles. <laughs> I understand titles because titles get you promotions. You know, you got yeah. co-defensive coordinator. You have – I'm the secondary coach slash pass <laughs> – Pass, um, pass game coordinator. We have hey. a one game coordinator. It's all about titles. I'm with it. Like, you do have that role, but all he's doing is emphasizing that, okay, you're game planning this specifically. Mm-hmm. And if that group does well, you basically get the credit for it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm all about titles, man. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I like this team, and, and I think they're set up, and, and I, they might get a lot of flack because – you know, they, they, they went to New Orleans. They beat New Orleans in the wild card round. Uh, I actually picked them to win that game, so I don't think it was as surprising or as impressive as some it people was. think because New Orleans just isn't that good. We'll talk about that in another pod. Um, most overrated 13 – one of the most overrated 13-3 teams ever. Green Bay is the most overrated. We'll talk about this later. This is data, by the way. Anyway, um, but they went ahead and overhauled the defense. They got rid of all three corners, got rid of a lot of guys oh. up front. And people are like, oh, well, you know, folks come with that. Oh, well, you, were, you went to the division round. You were only two games away Dude, from the people Super- got it. It doesn't matter. Well, it matters, but it doesn't. Like, it's, those coaches know what they have. Exactly. And if you're, if you're an unbiased fan or a fan who just doesn't look at win totals, you can see how this team, these teams won or lost these games. Just like with the Packers. None of oh, those wins, a lot of those wins weren't convincing. No. And we could see Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing great. Nope. And with that roster, Aaron Rodgers has to play great for them to win a title. Yep, period. So they, Minnesota just did what they had to do. They know what they had. They know they need to replace. I love – they have the, one of the – I won't say the best, but the rise, one of the rising secondaries that I really love. Like um, uh, Jeff Gladney was, I think, in one of my in my top five corners. Yeah, you love Gladney. Um, I, I love Gladney. I thought he was. I think I, I think I had a number three. Um, obviously they have Harrison Smith. They have some solid. Like the defense in general is solid. The defense is solid, and then I I think what might end up being the the thing that pushed them over the edge is the addition addition of Yannick and Gakwe. Um, they've got. Big man. They've got the best safety duo in the NFL in Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Um, you got Kendrick's Anthony, over. Anthony, Anthony Harris underrated, man. Yo, beast. Um, Kendrick's at, at linebacker. Anthony Barr had a down season, but, you know, if, if he's one of your starting linebackers, I think you're still pretty good in that unit. Um, so now you got Danielle Hunter along with Ngakwe coming off the edge. I like this defense. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about um, – Money heist in a minute, so we'll get there. But um, hey, you're, you're, but hey, you're, you're reeling off all these names, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking up. Um, I'm being reminded of why I like this secondary so much. Yeah, because you got, you got Gladney, you got Dancer, you got Mike Hughes, Harrison Smith, Aaron Harris. You have all of those secondary guys, but I forgot they, they, they added in Rockwood. <laughs> yeah, it's recent. But you, you, just, you, you just got one of the formidable pass rushers in the league. All right, you have Anthony Barr. You got Michael Kendricks. Who's the other? Who's the other pass rusher? Uh, Daniel Hunter. You got Daniel Hunter. Like good pass rush makes a good secondary. You already have a good secondary. Exactly. So 
I'm thinking within your division, I think this is why this is why I'm so high, or I'm high on them winning the division, mm-hmm. is because their defense is constructed to win playoff games. Yes. All right. Their yep. defense is constructed to beat Aaron Rodgers, which yep. is your only competition, in my opinion, as far as winning division. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, if you have a good pass rush, he struggles. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, as do a lot of quarterbacks do, <laughs> but his his Achilles heel, like if he when he goes against teams with a good pass rush, he struggles. He has a clean pocket, he's gonna pick you apart. With the Bears, I don't think uh, we'll get to it. But <laughs> um, it, primarily because of the defense, I like the Vikings. Um, we got to bring up Money Heist. You know, he's good. He's good for – we talk about players who are good for wins. He's good for two losses. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good for two losses because he, they're going to be on prime time. Yeah. And, and you hate to snatch that stigma, but if you continue to do the same thing, it is what it is. Like, prime time games, you struggle. And it's just, whether, whether it's a subconscious thing or – I don't know, but – he struggles Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football. One of those three, he's going to struggle against a quality team, and they're going to lose that game. The numbers are going to be inflated because they're going to be playing from behind in the fourth quarter. He may end up with 350 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. But if you watch the game, you're like, oh, he sucked. <laughs> and reading? it's just going to happen like that. <laughs> Are you reading Kirk Cousins like this, man? Um... Yeah, man. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's <laughs> – that's who he is. But I'd rather have him I – mean, what would you say, a top 15 quarterback? He's definitely top 15, yeah, right? Yeah, Kirk's top 15, yeah. yeah. He's top 15 quarterback. Yeah. And he's going to give you those few games where he's like, dude, he's 400 yards, five touchdowns. He's going to give you that game one per, once per year. Yeah. And he's just going to be solid, but he's good for just two terrible games. Yeah, he's a little bit better version of Joe Flacco. Hmm. That's a <laughs> good comparison. Flacco was hot and cold, and you would just be like, "Dang, this guy's on today." Then the next Sunday, dang, this guy sucks. But he's he's better than Joe Flacco. Yeah, I put it. Like that. Yeah, oh yeah, and, <clears throat> and there's a reason why. Like you can, I, I firmly believe you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback, and. Sure. And it goes back to all the things you said about um, them knowing what they had on this team. And it doesn't matter that they were, went to the divisional round. They realized, like, we need to get better. There are areas we need to improve in. It goes back to what I said before, that I'm upset it took Zimmer such a long time to get a head coaching position. But I think that front office and that coaching staff recognize what they have, uh, where they need to just try to scheme their way into improvement, and where they need better personnel. And I think they just went out and they got better personnel. Um, now yeah. they traded Stephon Diggs to Buffalo, but they did it the right way. They ended up getting a first-round pick back. Um, I think Justin Jefferson might be the second-most NFL-ready wide receiver from this class um, after Jerry Judy. So I think yeah. he steps in. I'm not going to say he's going to step in and be, you know, Diggs, but I think he can step in and be a, you know, formidable wide receiver opposite Adam Thielen. Um, like you mentioned, Jeff Gladney. I really liked Ezra Cleveland in the second round. I like Cam Dantzler. Uh They got him 89th overall. Yeah. So they they overhauled. They added very formidable pieces in Ngakwe, but they also went ahead and got more depth. 
And I think that was one of the things I want to give them a lot of credit for is acknowledging that they're trying to take the next step, go from a divisional round playoff team to a Super Bowl team. And to do that, they needed two things. They needed um, more formidable playmaking, which I think Ngakwe gives you a guy who can rush the quarterback, you know, make sacks, hopefully force turnovers, so on and so forth. Um, but they also needed more depth. And they went out and got that as well. And it's like you mentioned, one thing I, I want to highlight there is just like, like Tennessee, I think this is a team built for the postseason now in a way that I don't think they were built for the postseason last year, if that makes sense, um, because they can rush the passer. And you're not, you're, you're, they're not ever, I think, going to be in a position to where there's too much pressure on that young secondary. Now, well, let me clarify that on those young corners because they got two of the best safety tandems who are veterans in the league. Um, but they're counting on a lot of young guys. Uh, in the secondary, they are, they between are. Gladly and Dantzler and, 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 you know, Hughes isn't a young guy, but he's not that old either. Um, yeah, I think Hughes is entering, what, third year? Yeah. But, so they're, they, they're, they're young and talented. Um, but I mentioned that pass rush, man, that's going to speed their progression. I'm telling you, Zimmer likes the blitz. So if they, if they are in, the, you know, the top half of the league in sacks, that means their secondary is going to be good. So I expect them to have one of the best pass defenses in the league, all right? As long as – if the Vikings can sustain drives with money heist, <laughs> uh, with money heist, with Dalvin Cook. <laughs> and I, we haven't even mentioned Dalvin Cook yet. And Man, we're just talking about the defense. Man. So you're talking about a top five, top six back. If he stays healthy, you feed him the ball. Don't, don't put it all on money heist. Right. <laughs> Rely on what Kirk Cousins can do. You're relying on what he can do, but you're not putting the game fully in his hands. Mm-hmm. All right, you have you have, you know, all of these other weapons. Let run run. Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball anyway. He wants to be a run first team just because he's a defensive minded guy. <laughs> that's how just that's just how we work. We want to extend the game. We want to get our defense um, a rest so they can read and react faster. So. You know, if, if they can do that, man, they're all right. Yeah. I like I like I like Minnesota. I'm not sure I don't know. This might have to wait till our final preview show next week to to really make a decision between them and the team we're about to talk about now, which is with the Green Bay Packers. Um, who I have lots of feels for. Uh we won't rehash all of those feels here. They are definitely documented. Um, but the team that was one win away from the Super Bowl last year, uh brings back Mike LaFleur. <laughs> Uh, as head coach, um, they, Nathaniel Hackett is their offensive coordinator, which I have not ranted about that, which I will momentarily. That's why, they, that's why they're not as good as, they, as their record thinks they are. But anyway, Mike Pettin comes back as defensive coordinator. Um, lost a little bit of talent. Brian Bulaga, Dan Vitale, so on and so forth. Didn't really bring in much. Christian Kirksey, outside linebacker, Ricky Wagner, right tackle. Devin Funches, I guess, was their big splash. Um, everybody complained about them taking the quarterback, 26th overall. Thing I complained about is they took a running back, 62nd overall, A.J. Dillon. Um, anyway, this team yep. was uh, yep. one win away from the Super Bowl, as everybody likes to say, um, even though they, I don't think we're actually that good. I'm not going to rant on the Packers right now. I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> um, I, we have the same feels, man. I just think um, you, you go so long without honestly making your roster better. You go so long relying on one guy, which Aaron Rodgers has been a great quarterback. But 
sooner or later, teams are going to catch up. And that's what they've done. That's why Minnesota won. Uh, they won a division last year, right? No, no, no. Minnesota, yeah. No, no, no. no. Um, um, Green Bay won it. Green Bay won it. But um, that's why Minnesota's caught up with them, though. So I think, you know, I don't I, – I, we, we both didn't understand their draft. And it, it wasn't so much Jordan Love. It's, okay, if you draft Jordan Love in the first, even though I think you could have got him in the second, if you draft Jordan Love in the first, you don't go A.J. Dillon in the second, all right, when you already have, you know, I think we both had um, had him in the top ten. We are, they have, already have a top ten running back. And why would you draft A.J. Dillon in the second when you, got, when you could have gotten a quality wide receiver to help Aaron Rodgers? All right, if you say, okay, we're going to draft this guy in the first, you think Aaron Rodgers only has three good years left, Go all in on his on getting him weapons, which I don't understand. The defense has gotten younger. I love their corners. All right, I love their corners. I love their secondary period, but it's not like they have a top you know top half defense, top ten no. defense. So and they and that's not them because for one, free agents don't want to go to Green Bay. Heck no, especially Why if they play you? defense. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Not a lot of them want to go to the Green Bay, but, you know, they've gone so long with not addressing clear needs because their quarterback was playing so well. They're gonna, I think they're going to take a step back. I, I don't think uh, – definitely not 13-3. and 13-3 and three was just – you know, I think they'll get, they'll, get, they'll get 10 wins, I believe, but 13-3 yeah. is – to expect them to get 10 more uh, – I'm sorry, 13 more wins this year, that's just crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going, not going to belabor the point here much. Um, I think we've talked at length about just where this team or this organization is. Uh, if their window isn't closed, it's like there's a small creek there, um, and it's about to slam shut with Aaron Rodgers, which is a different podcast probably for this coming offseason, but about how there, there, there is – we don't talk enough about how Aaron Rodgers has only been the one Super Bowl. Uh, for all, especially in, in relation to all the accolades and all the praise everybody likes to give him, Aaron Rodgers has made one postseason appearance. That was 10 years ago. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I've had enough of trying to hear about how great Aaron Rodgers is and all this other stuff. And you can say, oh, the defense hasn't done this or the defense hasn't had that. It doesn't matter. For the way that we talk about him on the level, you that's know, <laughs> like, like we can't. And and, and, and their Packers fans have to realize that it's it's like the LeBron debate. Like you can't, LeBron can't have a bad game and then fans say, or a bad playoff game, bad finals game, and fans say, this is the goal, this is the goal, this is the goal. Believe what you want to believe, but you got to stop. At some point, it can't be excuses why he can't win a game against Golden State in the finals. Right. You can't, you can't get swept by Golden State. Can't be both. Right. You can't get swept. <laughs> gotta you got to win one or two games. Yeah, you got to get one. You understand that roster is way better. <laughs> but you just got to find a way yep. because of how we talk about him. Yep. And because of some people consider, which is crazy, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, if you consider him that, you can't keep saying, well – the defense did this. Tom Brady had this. Somebody else had this. 
No, man, you, you got to make it happen. He's been to the NFC title games, <laughs> and he's played bad. He's played really bad. <laughs> Just look at last year. Yep. Last year, that first half, he was lost. He oh, he was, he was seeing ghosts. He was Sam Darnold in that first half. Yeah, he was seeing ghosts. The, uh, 2016 against the Falcons. Same they thing. were down 21-0, I believe. Um, against the Seahawks, Russell Wilson threw five interceptions. And, they still and you couldn't seal the deal. <laughs> like, at, at some point, you got yeah, – okay, you got to bring these things up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And we're not, we're not saying Aaron Rodgers is a bad quarterback. We know he's been a great quarterback. But we can't have <laughs> these excuses if we consider him, you know, the best quarterback in the league. There's no more excuses. Exactly. If you're the best, you got to find a way. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's laid out on a platter for you like that. Because your division has been bad for most of your career. Yeah. The Bears had a good season the year before last. The Vikings are just becoming relevant where they can compete and beat you. Mm-hmm. They can split the um, two games a year. Now you have to actually fight for something because it's, it's literally been – the Packers and, you know, the, the, the next best team has been 7-9 mm-hmm. in that division for a long time. So now you got you to gotta work, man. You, <laughs> I think they're – I think, you know, I'm looking at that roster and I'm looking at the Vikings roster and all the things we've just laid out. I think the Vikings are the best team in the division. It's just a matter of, you know, if you come down to a week 17 game, I'm not sure they have schedule, but the, both those teams, week 17 – um, that that whoever wins that game is the division winner. Who do you like more out of Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins? <laughs> because at that point, at that point, the rosters really don't matter. It's just who's going to wield their team. Yeah, yeah. So if it comes down to that, obviously I'm picking Rodgers. I just don't think it's going to come down to that. Yeah. No, me neither. I, I I like Minnesota's roster exponentially better than Green Bay's. I do think Aaron Rodgers is an exponentially better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. And it goes back to everything you said. And just to reiterate for people, because folks like to hear what they want to hear, Aaron Rodgers is still definitely a top 10 quarterback in the league. The problem is we talk about him and create Packer expectations as if he's top two or three. He is no yes. longer that anymore. And to your point, that game was 27 nothing San Francisco at halftime. So I don't want to hear about them being one game away from the Super Bowl. They were one appearance, quote unquote, away from the Super Bowl. Yeah. You are not your 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 roster is not talented enough to say we were one game away when you go into halftime of the game before said Super Bowl down by four scores. So I need people to understand that. So I think they recognize that they actually aren't that good. Um, in addition, and this is on a post you can find it www.relentless.love that I typed up uh, a few months ago is they are the worst. 13 and three team in, in the, in the history of the NFL. Um, yes. That's, that's not opinion. Their, their expected win loss was 9.6. So they ended up 13. They outperformed what they should have done by roughly four wins. That is a lot in, a lot. in football when you only play 16 games on top of that, they were eight and one in games decided by one score or less last year. Eight and one. You're not replicating that. You're not doing that again. Even if you just come back to the mean, to the average, you're four and five there or five and four. Even if you round it up, that's still nine wins. And and that's about what they're going to be again this year. And so the difference is going to be one, um, how does how well does Minnesota play? How do they adjust to losing Kevin Stefanski as an offensive coordinator? 
And the other will be uh, how this Packer defense can hold up. They pay a lot of money to Preston Smith and to Darius Smith. I'm not sure I like either one. They play well. No, they play well. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm not sure I like, uh, I'm not sure I like the rest of their defense, but I like the, the, I mean, they're not actually brothers, but the Smith brothers um, up front. The thing is, this, this roster as constructed, I think, is a clear NFC favorite in 2012. Yeah. (laughs) But Aaron Rodgers is not 2012 Aaron Rodgers anymore, which is what I'm trying to get people to understand. And that's why this is a 9-10 win team who, depending upon how well Minnesota plays, can win the division or can be the last wild card. But that's about it. Yep, yep. And, that, and that's this team ceiling. And that's just kind of where it is. And the part of that is, you know, at a certain point, I think, look, if you're going to have the philosophy that Green Bay has is that we don't, we don't really deal with free agents, that's cool. But that just puts way too much pressure on your Most front office to continuously yep. hit in the draft. And when you don't hit – like you said, it puts too much pressure on your quarterback. Uh, and and it's, it's been sustainable. I'll give them their credit. No, actually, no, let me backtrack. It's sustainable to the point to where you can continue to put out a team that can compete and that you can fill your seats with and that you can put out a, a seven, eight, nine win team with. You can't, you can't have that approach if you're talking about trying to compete for a Super Bowl continuously. You're going to have to at some point, even if you're not making big free agent splashes, sign fringe guys for depth and or, you know, package some stuff, you know, uh, move up in the draft, whatever it is. And there's just this, there's this keen just unwillingness to want to do that in Green Bay. And that's partly why they are where they are and why – I'm, I'm, I don't even want to say their window is still open because I think it's slammed shut. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. When we think, yeah, when we're talking about windows, we're talking about Super Bowl contention. They're not a Super Bowl contender. No. It's like, <laughs> period. If we can reel off some names, let's say in the AFC, you got obviously Kansas City, you got Baltimore. I don't, I think those are the only two, probably, well, the Chargers, maybe. You know, I'm thinking about actual Super Bowl contenders who can get there. Two and a half. Have like three. Yeah, two and a, yeah, two and a half. Chiefs, Ravens. In, in NFC, you're talking about who? <laughs> you're like, NFC is wide open. Literally wide open. You're like, I don't know who's the Super Bowl contender. It's just whoever gets hot. And the G- Green Bay is not one of them. I think about it. That's not yeah. one of the top. That's not one of the teams. I'm thinking about NFC East. I think Philly's going to win the NFC East. Are they a Super Bowl contender? You know, maybe if Carson Wentz is having a great year. You know, you know, San Francisco, they're a Super Bowl contender for sure. Seattle, that roster is so terrible, but Russell Wilson gets yeah. them the 10, 11 wins yeah, the best somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, you know, nobody from the NFC South no. <laughs> is a Super Bowl contender. So no. you're, you're thinking – the Packers aren't better than, you know, a lot of those teams. They're yeah. not Super Bowl contenders. That, no. that window is shut. Yeah. Are they a playoff team? Maybe. Maybe. Super Bowl contender? Nah. Yeah. No, <clears throat> that, that window's gone. And best of luck to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think, well, this might be his last year in Green Bay. I would bet on next year being his last year in Green Bay because I think yeah. the cap yeah, yeah, frees yeah. up a whole lot more for them after that. Um, I'm just already tired of all the, the whining I'm going to have to hear from him. 
um, pre and post game and then from people throughout the year, oh, they should have gotten more help and all that. I'm just like, we talked about this. I'm not going to ask it out, but like, they, they took Jordan Love 26th. Okay, y'all? Yep. Like, I guess, I guess people think, oh, if they would have drafted Michael Pittman Jr. 26 overall, they'd be a Super Bowl contender. I'm like, shut up. Um, it's just, <laughs> no. it's just not a, they're not that good. End of story. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a seven to seven to nine win team. Maybe they'll sneak in on that last wild card, um, depending upon how well Minnesota plays. They're probably, they're probably sneak in. They're probably sneak in. Yeah, yeah, they're probably they, definitely they, playoff team. And then you, you got to think about their relationship, relationship between Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like we all—it's been well documented how basically Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. been well documented, and you know, Lafleur just came in and said, "Nah, bro, this is my team. I don't yep. care what done in the past." Love it. And you can't think—you can't not think about that relationship aspect of it. If they don't have a good relationship, it doesn't have to be a great relationship, but it's like, okay, bro, you have my back. Like, I know I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care who you are as a player. You're going to always be thinking about that. I don't care how good you are. Oh, yeah. So their relationship is not very good. With Mike McCartney, it was just like, bro, you're my guy. You're going to start. I'm never going to blame you. So you're just playing out there free. You don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's can, that can clash too. And that's why I think, of course, they take a step back from 13 wins. But I, I think I'm more aligned with nine cap, nine as a ceiling, you know, 10 as an overachiever. Oh, yeah. And I'm being realistic. I'm not like a Packers fan who's just going to go down the schedule. Oh, that's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. <laughs> this is a nine, 10 win team. Yeah. And, 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 and that's okay. But I, I think – what what makes it even more paramount, and it's the reason why I never sort of hold back on Aaron Rodgers' slander, is because basically he pushed Mike McCarthy out for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, there are reports about this and that. I'm not going to get into any of that. But at the end of the day, he was the one that pushed him out. And I don't know if he thought they were going to come in and bring in a guy who was just going to rubber stamp him and say, hey, we're going to do what you want to do. First of all, dude, you're in your late 30s. So – you don't have the the leverage concerning father time to have yeah. an organization run for you to run an organization. Second of all, there's a guy whose people like try hell or high water to make it seem like you're a contemporary to who you're not, who even his organization, who he's won six rings and gone to nine Super Bowls, just said, hmm, okay, thanks, see you later. Uh, and it's just like he lives in this warped world to where He's done so much more than he's actually done, and he gets to control and do and say whatever he wants to do, and he's never done enough to back up that kind of foundational support from an organization, yeah. and, and it, it's like no one wants to challenge him and have him come back down to earth, except I think now Matt LaFleur, and it's to your point, now I'm interested in seeing, because he strikes me as a guy who's just like, this thing happens a lot in, in English football, soccer, um, to where like when a team gets tired the, the, of the manager or, you know, the, the message just, you know, runs a flow, whatever. You just need a new messenger. They're tired of working. They don't like him, whatever. Like they don't go out and quit, but they just clearly don't play as hard. There's not as much synchronization. Things just don't flow well, if that makes sense. And Aaron Rodgers strikes me as the kind of guy for better or for worse. And maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but like if he doesn't like LaFleur and they're four and four or whatever, I could see there being a way to where, you know what, like I'm not running this play 
or, you know, I'm not going the extra mile for this or that. I don't know. Now he's still a competitor. So that is one thing I try to shy away from is I never want yeah. to try and say any professionals are going to hand it in or mail it in. So I, I'm not going to say I see that happening, but do I think we can see things or he'll drop things in the media or through other folks or here or there to be like, Hey, yeah, you know, I don't know what happened there. It was a play call. We just, you know, whatever little subtle things. Yeah. And I can see that relationship kind of starting to publicly disintegrate this year as well. Um, and we'll see if that has any effects over in the locker room. I don't know. Uh, that's the Packers. Yeah, man. We're, 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 we're on the same page with that, for sure. Uh, that's the pack. But the Packers should um, definitely um, at least be guaranteed two wins because they get to play the Detroit Lions twice a year, uh, who somehow bring back Matt Patricia, probably the second worst head coach in the NFL, um, potentially. Um, well, yeah, Adam Gase is definitely the worst, but, um, second, second, uh, second worst coach in the NFL, maybe Matt Patricia anyway, comes back. Uh, Daryl Bevel is uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, Corey Unlin, new defensive coordinator. He comes over from being Philly's defensive backs, uh, coach. The Lions are an interesting, uh, take three and 13 last year, the year before that six and 10, and then 2017, nine and seven. So they just continuously, um, get a little bit a little bit worse. Um, they lost some talent from last year, uh, no, most notably Darius Slay, who is now in Philadelphia. Uh, they lost Ashawn Robinson to the Rams, Devon Kennard, uh, Graham Glasgow uh, at center, for, who's now in Denver. I think that was a, a big pickup for the Broncos and loss for the Lions as well. Uh, Jeff Driscoll is over in Denver as well. Uh, Logan Thomas, Ricky Wagner, Rashawn Melvin all left Detroit. Some key guys they bought in, Desmond Trufant uh, at corner, roughly about $10 million a year. Jamie Collins on the outside, uh, bought in a new right tackle. Uh, and then Chase Daniel, man, Chase Daniel is the GOAT. Uh, comes over to back up Matt Stafford at $4.29 million a year. <laughs> um, and then some other guys. Um, I like what they did in the draft. Uh, Jeff Okuda, third overall out of Ohio State, uh, cornerback, uh, and then in the second round went DeAndre Swift at running back and Julian Aquara uh, with their first uh, pick in the third round at 67 uh, overall. Um, D Detroit is a case study in futility, just a notch above where the Jaguars and Jets are. They're, they haven't been that awful the last decade as they had been previously, mostly because I'm not a huge Matt Stafford fan, but they, they do at least have a, a guy that when he has a decent roster can win you seven, eight, nine games. Uh, the challenge is, and I'm not going to lie, they came in and they tried to revamp some things on both sides of the ball, um, mostly on defense, because their offense actually wasn't that bad last year. Um, I love Marvin Jones. He played exceptionally well last year. Also did Kenny Galladay. Uh, they bought in Danny Amendola. The offensive line is better um, then, then, then I think it was going to be last year. And then they, like I mentioned, they got the goat at backup quarterback, Chase Daniel, um, defense, defense is where this team really struggled. Uh, and, and I don't know if I see that changing much this year, even with all the additions they made on defense, they're definitely better in the secondary now that they have true font and Okuda. Um, Trey Flowers is still coming off the edge. Um, I talked about Matt Patricia being one of the worst coaches in the league. Uh, is Detroit the, the – Detroit's probably the worst team in this division. Yeah. I just don't know how bad. And I think that's the enigma with Detroit. And I think because, like you said, Stafford – we're not high on Stafford, but at the same time, given weapons – 
if he has some type of protection, he's going to throw for 400 yards. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he can win you some games. It's just nothing about Matt Stafford's career has been stable. Nah, none. New coaches, new offensive coordinators, you know, influx of receivers, never have a running game, never have a defense. So it's like, it, 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 like I'm, I, I don't like to give excuses because you're an NFL quarterback, dude. You're, getting, you're amongst the highest paid at your position. Yeah. So you need to produce no matter who's, who you have running out there at receiver. But at the same time, I get that, okay, you've, been, you, you've had an influx of weapons, an influx of changes in the coaching staff, front office, and your defense sucks pretty regularly. Pretty regularly. <laughs> Literally every year, you're in the bottom. (laughs) The defense is in the bottom quarter of the league, not bottom half. So I get it. Um, Like you said, this is the worst team in the division. Like, it's like six wins is – it's like – I think they're getting six wins. Oh, yeah. But their ceiling is like eight. Yeah. You know, ceiling is eight. So you're looking at six to eight wins. Um I want to see – man, Detroit is – Detroit reminds me of Jacksonville. Like I said, they're not that bad, but I want to see them win. Yeah. they never win anything. They never win. So I want to see them win. Like, they should have beat the Cowboys a couple of years ago. Uh, they got robbed on a pass interference call. I remember that. Um, I remember that game too. Watch probably would have beat the Cowboys. They probably wouldn't have made a deep run. But I'm like, Staff, you got to get one playoff You got to get one playoff one, win, bro. One. You got to get paid too much money. You know, I don't even want to call you. You you might be money heist too. <laughs> <laughs> you might be money heist two point Granted, money heist has had better weapons in Minnesota, but still, man, because I, I, I don't. I'm looking at the schedule. You know, Chicago, Green Bay, Arizona. They're starting zero three. Then you got New Orleans, possibly zero and four. Oh. At Jacksonville, you should win that. Sure. At Atlanta. I don't know how Atlanta's going to be. Then you're at Indy. Dude, you, you're probably two and four. <laughs> you're yeah. Two and four heading to the bye. Then you got Minnesota, the Washington football team. <laughs> so I, I'm looking at the schedule, and it's not promising, man. But I, I'm thinking six to eight wins. They're going to beat a team they shouldn't just because Stafford will have a great game. But, oh, yeah. So hopefully they can be better. Yeah, I mean that's the case with Detroit. It's just like and and to your point, their their last this that last stretch of the season for them at Chicago, Green Bay, at Tennessee, Tampa, Minnesota is just a gauntlet, um, gauntlet of a stretch. Uh, and that's the that's the thing about this division is I, is it's it's not an it's not intriguing as much as it is mediocre because like I think the NFC South is similar to the NFC North. We'll talk about them in another podcast to where. Like the worst team in the NFC South is probably going to be seven and nine, and the winner is probably going to be ten and six. And I see the same thing here. It's just a matter of like the division just isn't that good. So like Detroit's probably going to be six and ten or seven and nine, and Green Bay and Minnesota is probably going to be nine and seven or ten and six. But and I think that's even some in some ways it's an even further indictment on Matt Stafford because this roster with him is six, seven wins. And if he if he is as good as some people think he is, 
and or if he plays as well as his contract says he is, they should be competing for a playoff spot every single year. Maybe not the division, but there's no reason he should not be expected to be – Nine wins. Nine wins every year. Every year. Nine wins every year. And and at this point, like, buddy, you're 0-3 in the playoffs. Like, you got to try to get in and you got to try to get one of them. And, you know, the game when they the, the when they went to New Orleans and lost that game, that was actually a better game than I think most people remember. Um, I get that. They did get robbed in the game against the Cowboys. I get that. Uh, but he's – they – and this is the thing about bad franchises staying bad because yeah. at some point, no, they haven't drafted well to really help him. But at the same time, at some point, you do have to make a decision around how long are we going to ride this guy. Yeah. And this is one of the things I mentioned in draft time, because if I were them, I would have taken two a third overall. I would have kept Stafford on his deal now, kept him next season probably, then cut him the year after because the cap hit drops dramatically. But I think that's the thing. E- even when you have – I'm not going to say they're in quarterback purgatory because Stafford isn't that bad. He's good. He's not great. But even when you have a guy who is good but not great and you're paying great money, at a certain point it all still comes back to the franchise because you have to decide – how are we going to get over the hump and how long are we going to commit ourselves to this wagon? And it just seems like there's no one in that organization who decided to make a decision to either we're going to do this, we're going to go this route to maximize staffers potential, or we're going to go this route and move on and rebuild. And it's just like, they're just going to continue kicking the can down the road for eight and eight to nines and seven. It's just without actually going eight and eight, nine and seven. I think that's my point. Like they're not Tennessee. Oh, they're they're six and 10, like (laughs) almost every year, every year. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you on Detroit. I've got them as, um, the worst team in the division by how much I'm not sure. Um, I got them anywhere from six to eight wins. I don't see them having a winning record. Um, and that's unfortunate because I'm actually starting to like what they're building out in this roster here. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. I like that pick. I like Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay on the outside. I like Damian Dole in a spot in the slot. Got carry on Johnson and Deandre Swift. Like I like what they're starting to build here. And and even like just taking a look at this on paper, it's like, bro, this is this is the year, like for Stafford to justify and cement any sort of decent legacy. Like this is the year you need to go ten and six or eleven and five out of nowhere, because you finally have weapons, bro. Yep, yep. And I I think they'll be in every game, but the defense isn't good enough. He's going to put up great numbers again. He's going to win a couple games that they shouldn't have won. Um, I'm looking at, like, his November last year, he was first. He ranked first in pass, passing yards attempted uh, per attempt. Passing yards per game, 299, he was ranked third. Touchdown to interception ratio, he was 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Passer rating, he was a, had a 105.3 rating, which was first. So he had a great November. Like, you, you see the talent. And his duo of Ken and, uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, he has a really good duo of wide nice receivers. Duo. Yeah, man. Yeah, he just drafted the tight end. Um, you're going to have solid running backs. Would the offensive line be good enough for them to run the football? If they can average, I don't even say 100 yards. <laughs> well, I think a good rushing average, or like a top five rushing average, is like over 120 a game. Mm-hmm. If they can average closer to 100 yards rushing a game, then they can potentially be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. 
because that's only going to help the defense. That's only going to help him eliminate all of those turnovers. Yeah. That's asking a lot because we never see that. No, this is a make or break year. This, this, this is a year he, he needs to, he needs to surprise that team needs to, needs to win 10, 11 games out of nowhere and then be like, all right, Stafford is, is this guy that people continuously want us to think he is because there, there, there's enough of a supporting cast this year for, for them to sort of take. And, and the division is good, but not great. And so like it, this is, this is sort of a make or break year for him. Yep, yep. Um, speaking of quarterbacks and mediocre quarterback play, um, I think the Bears just announced that they were going to go with Trubisky as their starting quarterback uh, for, for week one. Uh, why you would announce that now, I have no idea. Uh, that's a different conversation, which, you know, <clears throat> I like Matt Nagy, but I'm starting to cool on him a little bit. We'll talk about that momentarily. He comes back as head coach. This is his third year. Uh, Bill Lazur is the new offensive coordinator come over from Cincinnati. And Chuck Pagano is uh, going to be defensive coordinator for the second year in a row. Um, this is this is uh, an amazingly talented, deep roster, especially on defense. They've got Khalil Mack. <clears throat> they added Robert Quinn. Uh, Kendall Fuller on the outside. Uh, Danny Trevathan is still, you know, a top nine. Eddie Jackson at safety. Sean Gibson. Uh, Allen Robinson at wide receivers at top nine. I mean, I, you can go down the road. This is a good roster. This is a roster that can compete for a Super Bowl. Had the had their kicker not shanked that field goal against Philly in the wild card game a couple of years ago, I actually think they would have made it to the Super Bowl. Um, this comes down to quarterback play. And the fact that Nick Foles can't beat Mitchell Trubisky out um, is really concerning to me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't, maybe you've got some, some insight as a coach there that I'm, that, that I'm just not seeing. <laughs> Nah, man, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, if anything, if it was – this is the thing. You've had Mitch Trubisky. You know what you have. If that race for the starting quarterback position is remotely close, I'm giving it to Nick Foles because, he, for, for one, he's a Super Bowl winner. All right? He won yeah. a Super Bowl in spot duty. Came the next year and took that team to the postseason. All right. Almost made another deep run. And if you if you put him as the starter, I know those vets are going to rally around him because mm-hmm. he's been there. You, you can't understate how veteran players rally around players who've done it. That's why people love to play for Tom Brady. Yeah. Like that guy's done it. So. That's why, you know, people are literally ecstatic when they meet Tom Brady. Grown men <laughs> who've played years in the NFL are ecstatic to meet Tom Brady because the guy's just – he's done it. So, if that competition was close, I'm giving to Nick Foles. And let him start the season. Then, if he plays awful, okay, bring Mitch Trubisky, you know, in. But to start Mitch Trubisky, he's going to play awful. Then you're going to bring Nick Foles off the bench anyway and name him the starter by week six. I, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. So you have – you know what you have in your roster. You know your defense is going to be good. You, you, you have Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson. Um, well, forget the Nick Foles thing. You should have signed Cam Newton, but that's another story. Different conversation. <laughs> um, you, you bring in Jimmy Graham way past his years. Um, but, you know, I like Anthony Miller. You have Riley Ridley, Javon Williams. 
you have some you have solid wide receivers. You can't continue with the same quarterback if you keep the same wide receivers. Yeah. And expect progression. I don't understand it. Now, if you just got some 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 great talent at wideout come in this offseason and you keep Mitch Trubisky as starting quarterback, I understand that. But nothing changed. But Jimmy Graham. And he didn't get you didn't get supremely better in one offseason. You nope. you have what you have. You know, you have Khalil Mack, Akeem, Akeem Hicks, Rokon Smith, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson. You got some guys, you got some dudes. I got some dogs on, on defense, defense, bro. But, you know, you're just wasting Kyle. You know, Kyle Lone just retired because he was like, I know what Matt Nagy is going to do <laughs> in uh, September. <laughs> and I'm not going through that again. Yep, yep. <laughs> he said, you know, forget he this, I'm out. Yeah, he, he predicted the future and was like, I'm not going through that. Yeah. So, yeah, man, um, I don't understand it. I think Foles, Foles is good for an, uh, an extra win, at least. And Trubisky is good for another loss, an extra loss. I'm thinking 7-9 seven, nine, seven nine is their ceiling. Um, they're the third best team in that division. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, the Bears, man. Yeah, Bears. I mean, that's the tough thing because the defense is, is one of the best defenses in the league. Um, they do everything well from success on early downs to rushing the passer to not allowing too many explosive plays to, you know, just good pass, rush, so on and so forth. Uh, but there's just so much deficiency on offense. And, and it's everything you just talked about at the quarterback position in Foles and Trubisky. But it's also from a running back position as well. They didn't get a lot of production running the ball last year either. Um, David Montgomery had an up-and-down season. Tariq Cohen is more of a pass-catching threat, and they didn't really address any deficiencies at running back this offseason either. So I like Cole Komet. At, you know, they took him 43rd overall in the second round. I really love Jalen Johnson out of Utah. So I like yeah. both of their second-round picks. The defense is a world beater. The offense is just bad. Yep. Um, the offense and, and they're 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 bad in a way that you can't you can't scheme out of Mitchell Trubisky. You can't scheme out of not having any guys in the running game who can create space from the backfield. Three Cohen can create space, <clears throat> excuse me, from the outside. But if he doesn't have a, a Mack truck of a hole, he's not gonna be able to create you any space. Yep. And then Allen Robinson, who Ted Ginn, Cordell Patterson. I mean it's not enough. It's not enough. And and I hate it because I really like this roster. I like Chicago as a city. I like their fans. And the defense is tremendous. And they have arguably one of the better pass rushers in the game, Khalil Mack, if not the best. Uh, but I think – and this is why – and I'm not going to tell – I'm not going to toot the horn of John Gruden or anybody else and say, hey, you should trade away your best players – but I do think you're seeing a world here to where you understand why Gruden might have wanted to part ways with Khalil Mack because I think, I don't know the exact percentages, but Chicago is spending roughly 60, 65% of their um, money on the defensive side of the ball, which is fine <clears throat> if you have a quarterback. <laughs> exactly. But if you don't have a quarterback, you've got one of the best defense in the league and it doesn't matter. Yep. And so at least look like give John Gruden that credit, just like he never believed in Carr and never hid the had never hid that fact. 
And it's like, great. What good is having this, you know, $25 million edge rusher if I don't have a guy who can sling the ball downfield? I give him his credit. I'm going to miss the playoffs anyway. Exactly. And, and so, I, think, I think Gruden is being vindicated when we look at this roster as is. Uh, because it's like, again, him, Khalil Mack, along with Akeem Hicks. And then you got hopefully Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan are healthy this year. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a top 10 defense. And it's not going to matter. Robert Quinn. <laughs> and it's not going to matter. They're still going to be an 8-1 team. Uh, the Bears. Uh, who wins the division? Bears, man. Um, I'm going to say Vikings, man. <clears throat> I'm going to say Vikings uh, just because I think their defense is slightly better than um, the Packers. I think their weapons on offense are way better than the Packers. Their quarter, the Packers have a better quarterback, but when you have a better defense, your offense is better. And obviously, if you have better weapons, you know, in those close games, those players are going to make plays. I think the Vikings – you know, 10 and six, but some type of tiebreaker, <laughs> you know, they, whether that may be, you know, they sweep the uh, Packers or they have the division, more division wins, whatever. Because I think the Packers can still win 10 games. Mm-hmm. I think they're more closer to nine. But I, I think, you know, you got Vikings 10 and six, Packers 9 and seven, um, Bears – Seven and nine, maybe, and then Detroit six and ten. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's Vikings, Packers. Honestly, I might interchange the Lions and the Bears, man. Even as great as, even as great as that Chicago defense is, it's like you start. If they can't produce offense, then it doesn't even matter. And and at and least, at, at least the Lions. Have a formidable quarterback. They're going to score some points. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then they can outscore people, and you can sneak up. Hey, seven, eight wins. Yep. Yep. So, now, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the third best team. Now, they're going to give up a lot of points, but they can at least yeah. score some. Uh, and, and I'd rather – I mean, I think you talk to anybody. Look, you'd rather have a team who can, who can score. If you had to pick one, you take a team that can score than one other just stop it. Because at the end of the day, you still got to score more points than the other team to win games. I mean, like – I'm a defensive guy, and I know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I hate to admit that. You know, but yeah. the, the, the great defense can only go so far if you, just, if you can't score any points. Um, and to that, like, I don't, I don't see – like, I think the, the last place team in this division is 7-9. and nine. I think the winner is 10-6. and six. And it's not going to shock me if, like, Chicago is 7-9 and nine and Detroit is 8-8. Eight and eight. And, you know, Green Bay is 9-7, Minnesota is 10-6, whatever. So – Yep, they'll yep. go that. <clears throat> Vikings, Pack, Lions, Bears. Sounds like hey, a Jasmine I... Sullivan song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, this song is uh, pretty good. <laughs> I like that new one. Hey, but that's yeah, NFC. I, I, yeah, we're on the same page, man. All right, well, appreciate that, man. Hey, we'll be back uh, previewing um, Let's Go Out West next time around. NFC West, oh, yes. AFC West. Okay. Making our way through these team previews. Uh, All 22, if you like the show, make sure you hit follow, subscribe on whatever you use. Spotify, Apple, Google. Tell your friends and buy a shirt. www.relentless.love. Buy some merch. Buy some yeah, merch. man. Support the movement. Be great.